Welcome to Dating Log, the podcast that records the ups and downs of dating in your 30s. I'm your host, Wyndham Juno, and this is episode 9, Anxiously Attached. Alice came onto our call with lots of energy and excitement. Also with an apology and an explanation, hashtag anxiously attached, but she was ready to share completely vulnerably with a total stranger. From the get-go, we had a super good flow. We touched on queerness, attachment styles, what do we actually want, and what if it's not what's expected of us. This conversation left me with energy for days, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Enjoy. Um, I'm a 30-something. Well, I just turned 31, actually. My birthday was a couple of days ago, and I'm based in Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah, I've, I've worked a bit in some few other places, but home base is Nairobi, and that's like that's where a lot of my dating life and stories have been. So I'm bisexual, pansexual. I I, I use queer because it's just like, um, I feel like it helps me. It, it's, it feels like a very grounding space to stand on because it's like, um, I, I feel like I've been attracted to people who are of all different genders. So I don't really feel like I'm attached to one particular um yeah, orientation, if that makes sense. Um, I will say because I was raised in Kenya, I think a lot of my dating experiences have been with men, but that's like something that I know is just like more circumstantial than like about me myself. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing. Um, how do you meet people when you go on dates? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, I've used, yes, I just got out of a long relationship. Well, yeah, like a, a year long relationship with someone, a man that I met on Bumble um, like a year and a half ago. And we dated for like a year and then we just broke up very recently. Outside of him, I think I've met a few, I, I met a few other people on Bumble, but that's the first relationship that really took off and went somewhere. For the most part, i I think it's been folks that I met through friends or at events. There is a very thriving queer scene in Kenya, even though it's like it's underground for obvious reasons. And so, you know, there'll be events and mixes and stuff. And so I used to attend those more often. And so I met people there. And then also like art events at galleries um, tend to be like a really like it's, it's not I haven't I, I did meet someone there once, tried, actually two different people at an art event and ended up dating both of them separately. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a mix of everything, but like more often than not, it's in person and it's a friend of a friend of someone else that you know. Um, and then I, I don't know how the online dating scene is in Nairobi. I have quite a few friends who've married, not in Nairobi, though, like people in the States who married folks they met on the apps. But I feel like it's not as much. Well, I don't know in Kenya. Maybe it's not. I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to tell how how common it is in Kenya right now. Um yeah, so for me, it's usually a mix, but for the most part, it's been folks I met in person. Is that how people are generally meeting other people um, in Nairobi? Because you say you, you don't really know, but what about your friends? What are they doing? How are they finding dates? You know, it's funny because I have, so I studied in the US and then I came back to Kenya after graduation. And so I have a pretty good mix of friends who are based like, like, many of them abroad but then a lot of them also based in Nairobi I would say that for my friends who are based in the states um like actually like last year I went for a wedding and this year I'm going for two weddings where they met their person on an app right so it's like as far actually like and I think as far back as like 2018 I was going for weddings where people met online 
when I think about the experience in Kenya, I think two things. It's it is happening, but perhaps um one thing that kind of masks it is that you you end up meeting the people you meet online tend to be folks who are in your circle anyway. Like Nairobi, the middle class communities, not that big. It's very it's quite incestuous, you might say. So you will end up meeting folks that you probably would have met anyway through like one, two, three, four connections. So it's not that far removed. Um, so even when I know of folks who've met online in Nairobi, it's tended to be, they've met people who it turned out they knew, you know, or like I knew or someone else knew. So it's it's often been like, there's still like some sort of connection that would have brought them together anyway, I guess. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you were just out of a year long relationship. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> yeah. So it's still, I feel the thing about breakups, um, especially when it's someone you really cared about, which I really cared about him, is that it's one of those things where I feel like I'm, first I was not okay, like 24-7, and I was, you know, a bit of a mess. And then now I feel like I'm okay most of the time. And then every so often someone will ask me how I'm doing, and I'm like, oh, actually, I am still kind of sad about it. Um, it's so, I don't know, I feel I feel a little emotionally unavailable. <laughs> It's tough. I feel kind of stuck right now because I. It's been long enough that I. I don't know if we'll get back together. Like it doesn't feel like it's something that's on the table right now, but it hasn't been long enough that I can think about moving on with someone. And so, so in that way, I kind of feel like I'm stuck in limbo in this in between spot. I recently like went on a couple of. I I don't even know if you call them dates. Like hangouts with someone who s- seems quite promising and maybe in a different point in my life would have been but then I just feel I literally feel like I'm being I feel like a complete asshole to be quite honest um and I'm probably not doing anything that's too assholey but I just like I've I've been on the other side of this and so I just feel like ah like I'm I'm the worst um yes it's tough it is can you tell me about these couple of dates hangouts you went on yeah so it's um uh he's a friend of like we we have mutual friends and so I met him at a gathering like a like it was just like a a party and it really does feel like it's like always wrong timing because the first time when we met uh, I was just getting into this relationship and so we didn't see each other for a while and then we met again now and now I'm single but like and so um like we it was like a, a it was a friend's birthday and first we went out into like we were, we were somewhere out of town and then we were driving back in and so he drove like he drove us there and back because we had to we coupled in a couple of groups and so um at some point he and I were just like driving the car and it was very comfortable very easy and um just like really nice conversation um and then after that, we hang out again another time. And then I left, I, I traveled. So we haven't been able to see each other since, but we've been talking pretty frequently um, or we had been at some point. And then I kind of like, wasn't as like, I was also like other things are happening, but it's, I think, so are you familiar with attachment theory and attachment styles? Yes, but no one's talked about it on the podcast yet. So please Go ahead, explain a little bit and say what you want to say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, so basically it's, and I mean, like this, this, of course, there's all like it's it's scientific, quote unquote. Like there's always questions about how 
correct it is but basically it's the idea that like based on our how we attach to our caregivers i.e our parents or whoever brought us up um we have certain habits or certain strategies that we lean on when we are attaching to romantic partners but also to friends basically like how i mean it's like it's like the basic science or the base basic facts of it are depending on the home you were raised in like you show up in certain ways in your relationships as an adult and there's like tests and stuff and like you know I can I can send this to you afterwards but like I've done this test like I do this test very regularly to kind of keep it keep tabs on my attachment style <laughs> which I just feel like yeah and the first time I did this test I was anxiously attached which I feel like like I think if you're anxiously attached you're probably the person who's doing this test because anxiously attached people tend to like well people who have anxious attachments are probably the ones who are most invested in like figuring out what's going on with them because what it means is that in relationships anxiously attached people tend to take on more of the blame when things go wrong and more of the burden for like initiating so like so anxiously attached people take tend to take on more of the effort on that side and then avoidantly attached people um would be on the other side so they tend to retreat and they're less like they're more they're more self-sufficient and when how they show up in relationships is very much reflective of that I've done I've really butchered it like there are there are really good articles about this um and then there's like the lucky few people who are securely attached which means they walk into relationships and they're just like I don't even like you know for me it's like it's, like, it's a learning process I've been I've been figuring out with my therapist like okay so Sometimes I'll tell her something and she'll be like, yeah, you know, that like that's your attachment style. And I'm like, wait, like, what do what do securely attached people do? Like, it really for me is like this big mystery. Like, what do people with securely? But basically, if you grow up and your parents were receptive and your home was calm and like, you know, and they were attuned to your needs, like you just you show up in life, like knowing that the world will take care of you. And it like and, and that for me is like, you know, because I had like a crazy upbringing um and my folks had like their own like my parents were divorced and it was like a really messy divorce so I feel like for me the idea that like some like the idea of like calm it's just like not consciously I wouldn't say it but then subconsciously I feel like I would gravitate towards like mess or towards like things that were not calm and easy um yeah and so oh and then the fun like so yeah so the like god's chosen few are securely attached but then some people have happened to have like elements of both anxiously and avoidant um like they're both are anxiously and avoidantly attached because like you know like if, if you went through some shit when you're younger it tends to reflect and like none of this is set in stone like you can start off secure and maybe have a bad dating experience and then end up being a little more avoidantly or anxiously attached or you can start off anxious and then kind of like work your way to something that's more secure so I, I feel so I've been doing anyway all of this is to say when I first did this test I thought I was anxiously attached I was I came like it, it said I was anxiously attached and I've been trying to do the work like get to a more secure attachment um, which is just like a lot of therapy and a lot of like work on like my trauma and like things that I wasn't aware of that I was carrying or beliefs that I had about like relationships um so yeah so anyway so it's but where all of this was going I feel like I just like went on such a tangent but like well this was going was I was gonna say that like um this is because I'm actually attached I'm very self as actually attached when I think about my dating relationships I'm very accustomed to be on this to being on the side where I'm trying to like win someone over or I'm trying to convince someone to like 
you know so so now that I've like just out of this relationship and I'm in this position where someone is trying to like build a connection and I'm not as receptive or as like engaged as I normally would be it's it's like a very odd experience for me I feel like oh like this is what you know like me like this is like what it is to be on the other side of that it feels strange it just feels like it's not what I'm used to that makes sense so I'm used to being the person who's like yeah and you've in the meantime since your let's say last relationship in the last years of your life you've been doing therapy and you've become aware of these things and now you've reached another level I guess of approaching dating and relationships is that right I think part of it is that like I definitely think that I'm more securely attached now than I was a couple of years ago um but I I also I mean I do recognize that I'm emotionally unavailable right now and so (laughs) yeah and so it's almost like okay maybe and you know it is what it is like it it makes sense that when you've just gotten out of a relationship, you wouldn't be immediately ready to jump into something new. But it's always very unco- it's very unusual for me to be. It it feels I don't know. It just feels unusual. It feels odd. I have so many questions, but do you notice a difference in the dating scene between, let's say, the heteronormative world and the queer world? Um, I feel. I think yes. And then I think there's the added element of living in a country where your existence is criminalized. So I think there is, and I I, I think, I think, yeah, for sure, that like the messiness and the chaos is still, I, I don't think it's unique to the heterosexual world. Um, I think it looks different, right? Like I think that, you know, when you're thinking about when I'm thinking about dating a man in Nairobi I'm thinking about the gender dynamics in a certain way I'm thinking about the fact that oh is he going to be like a misogynist guy like are are we going to sit down like the first few things he says are terrible um or are we going to like have a nice time and then I start to notice things here and then I'm like oh hold on a second like is this someone I want to be with right so you're always kind of like making those deliberations as you go along and with queer people maybe that that is or with queer women with women it's not as much of a consideration but then you're also thinking like is this someone who is still not at peace with themselves or is still kind of struggling with their sexuality um and I've been talking with um like some friends of mine and one of them was talking about how now that she's getting to a point where folks are partnering up and getting married there's always the question of like okay well if you're queer how are you going to navigate that right like do you get married and just invite your friends do you are you going to hide essentially hide a whole marriage from your family right um so I think and maybe that's the thing that is seems to kind of exist in both of those in all of these spaces the idea of secrets right so like there's almost like I I don't and and I I don't think it's just about like like yes part of it is like hiding relationships from other people so like whether you're queer and hiding your relationship from people who are very important in your life or you're straight and you have 
uh, and if you're having an affair and you're hiding that from important, like, or you're hiding a family from another part of your life, right? So this idea of like secrecy, and I, and I, I think, but I think it just it goes even beyond that. I think that even when people are together in relationships, sometimes I, I don't. I think there's still a lot of secrecy even within the relationship, even when it's not about infidelity. You mentioned that your friends and let's say people around you are reaching the point where they partner and marry. What are the societal expectations of that in Nairobi? And do you feel that pressure or? Oh, you know, a few years back, I was talking to someone and they said something like, it felt like it was that that game. Um, Is it like musical chairs where the music is playing and the music stops and everyone grabs a chair and you're just like, wait hold on like I didn't know we're playing this game and she said at the time and I laughed about it and recently I'm like oh I actually kind of see it because I, I feel like so I have um like you so like every year a few one or two friends will get married right and this has been the last couple of years it's been happening every year whereas there was a time when I felt like we were all single you know like someone would be dating someone but you kind of didn't know where it was gonna go and now it's like someone brings their partner to the wedding and you know their wedding is going to be in like the next year or two. Like it's become like, it's become a thing. It's like a rite of passage. And um, I have yet to to take a, a partner to one of, I've, I've yet to like go with a partner to a wedding. Usually not even because it's planned or anything. It's like a logistical thing. Like it's never worked out like that I could go to a wedding at a place and my partner was also available. Da, da, da. So I've never actually, I've never taken a partner to one of these weddings, but um. I definitely feel like if I was to if if I was to invite someone, I'd have to think about it very seriously and have to be like, okay, like is this someone that I see myself getting married to in a couple of years? Because I can't take like I can't take you to this wedding and then keep getting asked about you for like you know the foreseeable future. So I have to like be very very like particular about it. And same with introducing folks to your parents. Like I feel like when you were younger, you could get away with introducing someone, and you know there's no like it's like, huh, okay, that's your friend. But now I feel like you have to be, I don't know. I, I just feel like like nobody's putting pressure on me and my family or anything. But I just feel like before I introduce them to somebody, I have to be ready for the fact that they'll have, they'll want, you know, they'll be like, oh, is this something? Is this something? Like, are we going to keep, you know? I think there's more of a sense that like, if you're introducing someone to your family right now or to your close friends right now, there's an expectation or an understanding that, oh, this could be something that lasts for a while I will I I don't nobody in my family like my my mom so my mom um my mom doesn't put any pressure on us guys like sometimes she'll say things like oh it would be nice to have grandkids but then she's always like but I'm not pressuring you so it's kind of like I think it was, it's a nice to have but I think for us she's just like not as attached to, she's more attached to the idea of us being happy and healthy than us being partnered up I think it would be nice I mean I, it would be nice for us as well but like um, my younger sister is now dating someone pretty seriously and they moved in together. And I just feel like last ones really pushed the envelope of like, cause my mom is super, super religious. So the fact that she's like accepted that my sister and has a living boyfriend and they're together and she visited them. I'm just like, wow, like really like last one get a very different experience from the rest of us. Cause I feel like I would never have told my, you know, like I, I would never, I would have moved in with my boyfriend secretly and just like never told my mom um but so 
Yeah, but then, so there's no pressure. My mom doesn't put any pressure on us, but I know folks who get that a bit in their, like their parents or usually actually, it's not even your parents. It's probably like a, a nosy auntie or uncle somewhere who's like, you know, what's the deal? What's happening? Um, I I think maybe like statistically, probably around this age is when like that pressure is higher for other people. Personally, I just don't. I feel like I'm very lucky. I'm very protected. Like I, I it, it, it doesn't feel like I have to, on top of like dating and chaos, I also have to deal with like people being like, you need to find someone. Um, yeah, but I'll say internally, and I've never been the kind of person who was like, like I, 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 I wasn't the kid who would be like planning out my life, life and being like, I want to get married. Like it's never been a thing. Getting married has never been like at the top of my mind. And and it's still not like I don't think my life is less meaningful if I don't have if I don't get married. But I'll say it's sometimes tough when everyone around you or when it feels like everyone around you is partnered up or when you're sitting at a gathering and like everyone's with their person and you're kind of on your own. And, you know, it's like nobody's you're everyone's being kind and, you know, generous and open, but it's still I went for like not long after I had ended my relationship, I went to the coast of Kenya with some friends and um, I was the only person there who was not in a relationship. So everyone was there with their partner, except for me. And this other guy whose partner was in Germany. So um, and that's like I, I, there was a point where we're all walking on the beach and I was just like, oh, just like, like I'm so happy for everyone, but also like. Oh, I cannot deal with this because everyone was holding hands and looking to the sunset. And like you you could just tell like everyone was having their moment. And then I was just I was having my own moment on my own, but it was a very different experience from from what the rest were having. How was that moment for you? What was going through your head just seeing everyone partnered up around you? Yeah. Um <laughs> it was a whole weekend of this so there were lots of like like it was just it was a whole weekend of like everyone sits next to their partner and then they, you know like and it's, it's the coast it's beautiful it's like it's such a nice destination to go with someone you love I'm like so yeah so I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy I was happy for everyone right and this was just after I'd gotten out of my relationship but I, I think I was not prepared for I wasn't ready for it and I wasn't ready for that that's the first time I've actually been in a space where everyone else was in a serious long-term relationship so I think I also just wasn't prepared for it and so I feel like a lot of it is like I hadn't prepared myself for the possibility that at some point in my life I will be sitting in spaces and everyone else will be coupled up or most people will be coupled up and I will not and even though I had never I had like even though I wouldn't think about marriage or a lot like that wasn't at the top of my things that I need to achieve or attain it never occurred to me that 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 meant that as a matter of fact or like that that would lead to me being in the spaces as a single person surrounded by all these romantic couplings um so I think a part of it is almost like I'm almost like huh like this this is what like this is what it's going to be now I'm I'm so kind of surprised it's a little unexpected it's a little like okay like this is an adjustment getting used to like a different kind of I don't know it just feels it feels very different and unexpected um it felt it was hard at the time because I was newly single it was really really hard and um 
it was nice to be away from home at the time because I really needed to get away from like I I, I needed that um, but it was very tough to being in a space and to realize oh like I could have been here with my person and I'm not and now I have to watch all these other people be really happy together and kind of feel a little bit sad for myself but then also like I can't just like feel sorry for myself because then I, I don't want to be the downer <laughs> at this event so um I also don't I I feel at the same time sometimes I look at my friends who are like in serious relationships like married and or approaching marriage and you know when you've been friends with someone for a long time, you've seen them be messy. You've seen them, like you've seen their best sides, but you've also seen their worst sides. And sometimes I'm like, well, if if they can be in a, if they're in a relationship and it seems to be working, like clearly there's hope for everyone. Like, and no, that sounds so rude, <laughs> but but less like less like that and more like, well, clearly then I'm not like it's not me. The fact that I'm I'm not there yet doesn't mean that there's something about me that's so wrong and so broken it's just you know it's just a matter of finding my person and so sometimes I'm like okay like I'll find someone who can accommodate my version of like weirdness or um yeah so I, I find it to be very comforting to see my friends like it, it, it's very reassuring in a way but then sometimes I'm like wait hold on maybe I'm just like completely disconnected to how bad like maybe I'm more of a a mess that I'm I'm acknowledging but no, I think I, it's just reassuring to realize that, okay, like, you just need some, you don't need someone who's perfect. You just need someone who fits your type of, like, weird or your, I, I don't like the word crazy, but, like, someone who fits your, like, oddness, you know? Uniqueness, but we say. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I use that word. <laughs> yeah, I like uniqueness. I like uniqueness. Is... Being in a long-term partnered relationship, something that you're looking for and that you want in your life? I think there's, th I mean, I think there are things that I'm still not sure about. Um, like what, you know, I, I it's sometimes it's hard to envision my life partner or something like, like it's hard for me to envision what they would you know like it's just it's it's sometimes a little hard for me to like imagine what they would look like or what they would be like like it's just it's hard for lots of reasons sometimes that's like a little challenging for me to conceptualize um so sometimes I feel like well maybe you know maybe not everyone is supposed to be not maybe not everyone should get married you know like maybe not everyone should be doing those things and having like maybe not everyone should be doing those things like getting married and having kids like maybe that's not and like maybe that's not for all of us and then that that means like thinking about okay what what would it mean I, I think maybe that's where I'm at now is thinking about what would it mean if I wasn't to go down that path like what did it mean would it it would mean like more weddings where you know I would go solo or I'd go with a friend or you know um it would mean like being an aunt as my friends have children um but what would it mean because I I think that also as a woman especially if you decide to have children there are certain trade-offs that you make right and so that for me is like that for me does make me a little bit nervous because I feel like I'm kind of, I have like this window of a couple of years when I have to decide if I want kids or not. 
and I ideally wouldn't want to be doing it alone like I would want to have a partner but then you know um like so then there's like the thought process like okay if I want to have kids what would I need in order to like set things in place to have children financially but also like in terms of community but then the flip side of it is so what if I don't decide to have kids what if I what if I just don't decide like this is the life that I want to live like how am I going to give my life meaning um and I just I think maybe that's also a shift that has happened as I've seen my friends take that path is now I'm asking myself that question in a more like intentional way and it, it's so scary right because I feel like this is you I, I don't know it's 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 scary to kind of have to think about like how do I give my life purpose and meaning when there's this other way that other people around me are giving their life purpose and meaning and I feel like also like I've I've never been the person who would like plan for my future but I also I'm not I think the people were very clear on like they're child free by choice they don't you know like the people were very clear on like that's who they are and like that's who you know so I I, I feel like I'm neither one of these neither I've I'm not in either of these camps I'm just kind of in the middle of living my life and <laughs> you know trying to so I don't I I don't know and and it's it, I would be interesting if like we spoke a year or two from now and maybe I'd have a very different perspective um do you have a next date planned with anyone I don't have a date planned. There is someone that I was talking to and we we like vaguely agreed to hang out when I got back to Nairobi. I also I'm I also vaguely planned to hang out with my ex when we get back to Nairobi. So um <laughs> oh I don't know, man. So who knows? No, I don't have a next date planned yet. And the last question. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom that you want to leave other listeners with who are dating? Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I'm, oh, I, I feel like, I guess, I think something that's been really reaffirming for me um, or some, something that's been really affirming to me as I've, as I grow older. So is just kind of listening to your gut and and it's 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 one of those things that's tough right because i'm 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 always like asking like what's the difference between like just my anxiety where sometimes i'm wrong and i'm just kind of like projecting my own fears into a situation versus actually this person puts me ill at ease and i don't feel right about like you know and what the distinction is between the two of them and it's so funny because like i i i cannot put it in words but i feel like you kind of know. I think there's always like a deep sense of knowing. And maybe that's what you were alluding to when you said that usually within the first date, you have a sense of like, is this, is there something here? Or is there not? I do think that we tend to know. And I think we know when, like we know on all the fronts, right? Like we know, is this someone who's good for me? Is this someone who's like, is there an attraction here? Um, am I interested in this person? Are they like genuinely, you know, like I feel like there are things that we kind of know, but maybe we overlook because we're trying to like, stay open um so and I think on the flip side of that I think there are times when personally I have maybe ignored my gut and like and kind of just like reasoned my way out of like what I feel or what I'm noticing about myself um so I feel like 
that's probably the it, it, it I, and I don't even know if I'd give this as advice to your readers because I your listeners because I'm I'm guessing some of them already know to do this so maybe it's advice to a younger version of myself or anyone who's kind of like feels like they have resonance with some of the things that I'm saying is like the importance of it of checking in with yourself and of taking things slow and if someone is a right person for you like I don't think that they're going to disappear or stop being the right person for you tomorrow or in a week from now so kind of like honoring that if it doesn't work out like that's that's okay and that's like part of the journey dating log is recorded and hosted by me Wyndon juno it is produced by harry dark our artwork is in collaboration with esme hemming studio you can follow us on Instagram at Dating Log Podcast. Our website is datinglogpodcast.com. Check it out. We've just updated it. If you'd like to send us a message, you can slide into our Instagram DMs or send us an email at datinglogpodcast at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying the episode so far, leave a review and tell a friend. We'll see you in a fortnight. Please don't ghost us.